welcome back for episode two of the Irish Mags Show, brought to you by the Irish Mags NUFC Supporters Group. My name is Paul. I will be your host for today. And joining me are my partners in crime every week from now on, it would seem. We have Alan and we have Chris Show. Welcome in, lads. How's it going, Paul? How are you? Hey, Paul. How are you getting on? Nice to see you, as always. Very good. Very good. Alan, you had a good week? Any week that I get to watch Newcastle is a great week in my head. Let's be honest about it. And I had a great These one days, this week. it is for yeah. sure. I can, I cannot disagree with that. What about yourself, Chris? Show? Uh, I mean, I know you had a good week, but I think you've had a good weekend as well. From what we're picking up, I think there was points as well uh, on a couple yeah. of different days. Am I wrong? There was, there was a particularly large amount of points. Uh, I was just going to go kind of, kind of easy, but it didn't work out that way because of our fantastic performance uh, on Saturday night, which basically blew me out of my pants if I can use that expression I don't know whether I can or not but I'm gonna do it anyway it's um, on the internet now and we yeah, can never take I've already it back, said so. it I've already said it but yeah I, I, I had a couple <laughs> watching the match I think the guys on the group heard me record lots of uh, shouting voice messages into the group uh, and then I decided to go out on afterwards and uh, yeah I don't remember anything until yesterday evening fantastic brilliant weekend and I thank Newcastle for every inch of it every minute of it brilliant do you think Eddie Howe knows the impact his high-performing mags and all of his coaching efforts and everything they do on the pitch is having on your uh, social life? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I think I'm going to be on the injury list too very soon uh, and not be That's able fair. to not be able to drink ever again. Um, but uh, look, at long may I continue, gentlemen. Yeah, and I'll keep at it. And as you can tell, a little bit like I said to you, I am a bit sick, but I've only myself to blame essentially for being out for you know the whole weekend drinking celebrating Newcastle, shouting at strangers in the street about how good we are, etc. Look, we would never get in your way. And judging by the amount of Lemsip we've seen you drink before we started <laughs> recording, uh, we're not responsible for anything this man says tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit wobbly. <laughs> yeah, as, especially bearing in mind, like we don't have Tev here with us this week. So the mm. listeners may notice that Tev isn't here to keep an eye on us. We're officially yeah. free reign. And we can do and say whatever we want. Kind <laughs> yes, of. we can. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. And we cool. already did. Yeah. <laughs> Super, right. We'll move on. Um, so look, in <coughs> case anyone listening has been living under a rock uh, for the last week or so, we released our inaugural episode last week and we had an incredible response both from our audio listeners on Spotify and Apple as well as those of you who were watching over on YouTube. So we want to thank everyone that's listened to us so Thanks, far. We've got great feedback. Lads, did you know that our audience has stretched beyond Ireland and the UK as far as Australia and the US? I think it's safe to say Ooh. the Irish mags have gone global. You weren't expecting that now, were you, lads? Not, not this quick anyway, no. Global this quickly. Brilliant. No. Unless, unless now either of you have just direct relatives living in Australia or the US no, and you've just no, been begging them to do listen. <laughs> a, couple, a, couple of, uh, a couple of colleagues uh, in Malaysia that... Uh, they they kind of nice. knew they knew that we were we were, we had this group and everything else and uh, and they love it they love it and they support Villa and Man United and there I go with the Man United thing again but it's true always, it's true. always bringing them up always we're, on his mind we're like uh, three uh, minutes in yeah. but I know right. I thought we were going to have a I'm officially going to start off a brand new tradition on this show on this <laughs> podcast which will be that Chris has to put a euro in the jar every time he mentions Manchester United Don Christmas drink fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes <coughs> okay. excellent stuff well look 
Agreed. Uh, thanks again for everyone who tuned in, obviously last week and this week. Uh, don't forget to drop us a follow or a like or subscribe uh, wherever you're watching or listening. Uh, and if you have the opportunity to rate the podcast as well, that would be great. Um, and one other thing, be sure to look out for Irish Mags and UFC on all of the socials. We have producer Kahal at the wheel uh, on a lot of the socials. Mainly, I guess it's because most of us here are too old to do TikTok. But... Good man, Kahal. He's yeah. absolutely playing a blinder out there. <laughs> I don't really understand TikTok. So. No, okay. no, no, no. You have enough problems as it is, Christian. Yeah, you don't have to be on TikTok. I really do. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. We've load to get. We've load to get through this week. Over the next hour, we're going to look at what has been an incredible week for Newcastle United on both domestic and European fronts. Eyes emoji. Uh, we will chat about latest news and events within the Irish Mags community and the wider. Newcastle United community we probably will spend a few minutes talking about that draw in the FA Cup because there's a lot of uh, commotion <laughs> around this one we'll fill you in later uh, we'll look ahead some of the upcoming vital fixtures that we have coming up in this busy calendar and this busy time of year and linking into that we might just have a little chat about what each of us would like most for Christmas when it comes to on-field or off-field matters and finally if there is time and we're going to try and make sure we have time for this guys I might even decide that we'll have our first ever Irish Mags show quiz where I get to pit your lads Newcastle knowledge against each other and see who will emerge with bragging rights this week. No pressure, boys. No pressure at all. <laughs> I'm loving it. I can't wait. Love it. I can tell you, Alan has a massive smile on his face because he knows that Chris is dosed up on Limpsip <laughs> and doesn't really have a <laughs> That is very true. I, I'm hallucinating nearly here. Whew. And the other thing we haven't told him, Alan, is all the questions are related to Manchester United. So oh. we'll get that, that, that jar up to about 10 euro very, very quickly. You guys are the worst. Excellent. <laughs> the worst. Right. We'll move on to the next section. Um, Alan, I think we're going to come to you first because we like to do a little bit of a Irish Mags update uh, before we get into the, the true meat of the pod. Um, we've, I believe we've had not one but two meetups this week. Obviously, busy week for Newcastle United. One for the PSG game in the Bleecker Street Bar and one again in the Camden for the Man United game. And, I mean, nobody's surprised that you, of course, were at both because why would you not be? Let's be honest, I'm at everything. Let's do Like, PSG meetup was <sighs> devastating and brilliant on the same road. Uh, great, great turnout. Last minute, what can you do? Bit of a kick in the teeth, but we'll take it on the chin. The, the second meetup for Man Red in the Camden, that was because our beloved Johnny from the Bleaker decided that he'd like to swan off to the Gallagate and watch from there, which I thought was a disgrace. Like, imagine leaving us without points. Yeah. He had to have a, a mini meetup in our old haunt <laughs> for the, the, Man, the Man Red game, So, which was a bit unusual because it was 75% Christmas parties, 23%... Man United fans and then the five of us were the rest of the people so we loved it because we were the only ones making noise at the end of the game it was great get in there I was just going to say yeah and even though even if Johnny was away there was no stopping Chris from getting at his points as we've oh, already no. heard no 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 I stopped not up in here I stopped, any, I stopped anywhere I could anywhere I did let me in with this this hat on there's a lot of pubs in Dublin yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, lovely stuff Great to see. Great to hear that. I mean, I saw some of the pictures, particularly the PSG game. I know we get great audience, uh, great kind of uh, groups and numbers for the Champions League games as well. And like, even for me, I'm down in Galway, and I would love to just jump in the car one of those Tuesday, Wednesday evenings. Mm. Um, fortunately, can't do for the next one because I'll be taking a slightly further journey over to St James's Park. But we'll, we'll get to that. Oh yeah, rub it in, why don't you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Paul. 
Look, if the, if a Galway man has the opportunity to wind up a couple of Dublin lads or Wicklow lads, depending on who you are, uh, he's never going <laughs> to. Krisho, over to you. Yes. Um, sticking within the community. And from what I've seen in the WhatsApp group, there was quite a few members of travel this week, particularly for the Man United game. Um, yeah. Of course, your second favourite club, as we all know. But uh, uh-huh. they were outdone by Eddie's battling 11, who've now started, what, three games in seven days? Like the same 11 who've played the majority of the minutes. Any stories or news doing the rounds from you know the those that went to the game? Uh, I've certainly seen a couple of pictures. Yeah, there was, there was lots and lots of pictures and video shared. Uh, some of the guys got some really excellent tickets, like right up, mm. either in the Leeds end or um, in the Gallagher or the East end. They were right up by the pitch, right up by halfway line, um, and uh, a lot of them met up before. A lot of them obviously met up after. Uh, a lot of them met up in the airport. So it's just lovely to see that when when the game was on, and I knew a lot of people were going to go for Man United, and I think they did open it up for more international tickets to be sold, mm. and we're classified as international members. So, um, yeah, just just right good crack in general. Flags waving, points being had, and really just um, people are starting to recognise us a lot more. I know we've already been recognised before, um, but this gear is getting us noticed all over the place. Anywhere we go. People are going, are you those guys from the... Oh, hang on. Where do I get one of them? And, like, the fact that we have our initials on them as well, I think a lot of people have said, mentioned at the weekend that people are really liking this and digging it. You know, it's real personalised. Um, but, yeah, all I can tell... Even if even if we would have lost or drawn or whatever it was, it seems like everybody had a really good crack and got some really good memories and took some really good photos. Um, and this is what we need. Build and build and build. It's not just going to looting at home. You know, or, or you know, sorry, Man United at home. It's Luton at home or Brentford or something. We want a good collection of people. Um, we went to Crystal Palace, me and uh, Alan and Tev and that. It's just a small group of us, but by George, we had a crack. Let's. <laughs> it was unreal. It was, and I just can't wait to win in the ballot again. I don't know how how well our our members have been doing. I've entered nine and I got one. Um, how have you guys been doing? Have you guys been doing all right in the ballots? I'm four from eight, to be fair, so I'm doing quite well. Four from eight, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I'd slightly less, more more so just not, not being able to travel for the last mm, few months, yeah. which is definitely changing in the new year, you'll be pleased to know. I think uh, I got, so I, the first ballot I applied for, I was successful, and that was Aston Villa. Oh. Um, so I was like, excellent, can only get better from here. Then the next ballot I applied for, I didn't get it. And the following one, I didn't get it. So, um, well, it was that one for three for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's hopefully going to change now uh, in, in the new year. Uh, and the only way is up. Just on the topic, Krisho, yeah. of Irish mags gear, I suppose linking it to Newcastle gear. What's this about your gloves? We need to get this <laughs> off, your ch- off your chest now on the, on the yeah. table. What happened to your gloves? This is, I mean, you know, and I think this is why I'm feeling a bit sick uh, and my limb sip induced uh, thing. But listen, uh, I'm offering, <laughs> officially, I'm offering a 200 euro reward uh, for finding my gloves. They wow. are from 2008. They're original Adidas Newcastle Crest embroidered winter gloves. Uh, they were with me on Crystal Palace in my bag. Everyone was with me. And I came back and I opened that bag uh, on Saturday night to go down to uh, meet Alan. And there is a random pair of black gloves in my bag uh, that don't belong to me. Uh, so I think there might have been a bit of a swap Now, nobody in our group at all, obviously, because I was just with Alan. <laughs> Uh, with my bag at the end of the game so either Alan's having a bit of a crack here with me um, but somebody must have seen that I had them on took them off put them in my bag put them down obviously had many gin and tonics and pints 
and I just carried the bag home. And then when I got when I opened it up last night or Saturday night, they're not there anymore. And I've had them for Christ, two thousand and eight. That's a long time. So I'm very sad. So two hundred euro award, gentlemen. Uh, if anybody can either find them online <laughs> uh, or point me to a link where I could get them again, which is impossible, I think. But uh, yeah, Paul, they they have vanished off the face of the earth. Yeah, the search <laughs> continues, I suppose. I mean, I'm like, first, the first thing that came into my mind was 200 euro. Surely he can buy another pair of gloves for 200 euro. Then I was in my mind going, how long is it going to take him to fill the Man United swear jar with 200 euro? But <laughs> sounds like they're sounds like they're priceless, both in terms of rarity and sentimental value. Very much so they are. <laughs> uh, in fact, I was heartbroken, and I told Al, uh, and uh, I, uh, I, I still haven't got over it to this point I just can't believe it because you know when you go to reach for something because you know they're there and you go ah yeah they didn't. what are these I mean don't get me wrong these gloves are pretty nice but they don't belong to me <laughs> I was like uh, where's the crest gone so yeah I think go. we've inadvertently come up with a title for this week's show which is going to be the gloves are off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul. Oh, that's too so soon too Awful. soon too uh, should be ashamed of yourself well if anybody has <laughs> Anybody has seen Chris Chris Show's gloves around Newcastle, Dublin, Ireland, the internet, anywhere at all, yeah. please get in touch and fingers crossed they'll turn up. Lovely. Right. <coughs> now you. we get to talk about a couple of interesting topics, lads. It has been one hell of a week for Newcastle United fans. Oh. I feel like we've had an incredible Ooh. two years. But like you know, we when we recorded episode one, I was buzzing. Obviously, it was it was pre PSG, so we we had that little that little deflation at the end wasn't in our minds. Mm. We were just coming off the back of a four one uh, hiding of of Chelsea. We then moved on. Obviously, we saw what happened. To, we saw what happened in Paris, um, and we know how that turned out. But obviously, a lot's happened since, um, as well as the United Man U, the Man United game. Let's start with the PSG. We're going to touch on it just for a couple of minutes. I know it's, mm. it feels like a long mm. time ago, but we uh, we were, I suppose, we're conscious. We haven't had a chat about it together. Mm. And I think, Alan, we could probably start with you really just thinking about that performance, which it sucks to how much that's been overshadowed by that decision at the end. But that performance of those 11 lads in Paris, in the Parc de Prince, where PSG have been outstanding. Tell me, tell me what stood out for you watching that uh, last week. What stood out was... Absolutely, everybody on that pitch, and we were just amazing from first whistle to last whistle. Bar an unfortunate, terrible decision by a referee, we're leaving Paris with three points, which no team really does. Let's be honest about it. But let's be honest: mm. if someone had a turned around when this draw was made and said, "Right, lads, you'll have on aggregate, you'll beat PSG five two with a 17-year-old becoming the third youngest Englishman to play in the Champions League, would you have taken that? There's, there's no question about it. We would absolutely have mm, snapped the yeah. hand off of absolutely everyone. Like, don't get me wrong. From first whistle to last whistle, we defended unbelievable. It was just resolute defending from whistle one. But don't listen to that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Mbappe. I don't care what anyone says. We had a couple of chances. We arguably should have scored two goals. Isaac missed a bit of a sitter in the first half, but Camille made up for it with a set finish from from mm. Miggy's shot. But as a former striker, I can tell you for nothing that that goal will mean so much to Alexander Isaac. There's nothing better as a striker to follow in a ball that a keeper has spilled and slam that thing home because you're in the right you're in the right spot at the right time, and it's exactly what you're taught as a young fella. 
get in there and if the keeper spills anything you hammer that thing home and he done it on the biggest stage another special mention Jamal Lascelles outstanding in mm. Paris had Mbappe yeah. in his pocket I did. nobody in their right mind would have thought they were going to say that 18 months ago 2 years ago he was amazing wasn't to be at the end of the day to get 3 points but we all would have taken that point before the game so it's tough to take but we'll definitely take it yeah 100% I think like every one of us I, I don't know care who you are if anyone out there was offered a draw before the game we all would have gotten in line I think we went into that game thinking we might come out of this I mean first of all with the Champions League off the table but also potentially with Europe off the table depending on other results I'll come to that in a minute so yeah like I mean like Almiron was unbelievable Trippier was unbelievable um, like I, you mentioned Lewis Miley there a really good point as well Alan like the third youngest Englishman to play in the Champions League yeah Bellingham and Foden like if you just Bellingham. think about those names yeah where those lads are He's in, in good groups now and just another yeah. point on Lewis Miley the start of first lockdown he was 13 years old oh god uh, yeah so wow. yeah 13 years old day one of the first lockdown starting the part of France for Newcastle in the Champions League and wow. did not look out of place no that stat hurts me to read out well I mean I can make it even worse if you like he was probably about two years old when Chris Schober bought his gloves that he's in yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah, yeah. It's just so, so true, Paul. It's so true. So I, true. I feel sorry. I, 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 so, I feel sorry for his brother, if I'm honest with you, because this guy's going to be a superstar. <laughs> yeah. This is another, yeah, another yeah, Maddie Longstaff, Sean Longstaff story here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, like you said, we said Jude Bellingham, his brother Joby, you know, as Joe. we know, is over on the other side of uh, the Northeast. Uh, that's as much as we should say about that, but it can't be easy, I suppose. No. Crucial. Yes. We, we, need to, we do need to spend a, a minute or two on, on that, la- that last minute penalty decision. The most heartbreaking thing that's happened in a while, actually, just while I think of it, I need to see Shea Givens tweet about uh, it's not the, not the first time, it, or it's something about coming out of Paris with... Yeah. with Shit decisions, yeah. late, last minute decisions, oh, like that. Yeah, bad referee decisions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We never forget. We never, never forget. forget. Less said the better about that. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, considering I share this apartment with a French lady, yeah, believe me, she doesn't get to. Considering I was at that match um, doesn't help oh either. My <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. that's harsh. Heartbreaking. That's for another day. Yeah. Um, wow. yes. on the decision itself, right? There's a talk. There's a lot of talk about um, the referee and the decision and the VAR officials. Mm-hmm. And there's also, I suppose, that's mixed up with UEFA rules versus Premier League rules. I guess my question for you would be, like, is there a justification for the decision that was made from the ref's perspective, VAR perspective, and UEFA's perspective? And and then one other thing I want you to tell me is where the hell did eight minutes come from? Because I still that's the one thing that's baffling me. Yeah, look at right here. I've, first of all, I was like Silas Mariner. I was in a catatonic fit uh, for probably, you know, <laughs> 35 to 40 minutes uh, after uh, that penalty was given. People were like checking on me and shaking me and stuff. Are you all right, dude? I was just like, standing out my mouth. I'm going, what? Did that actually happen? So here's the thing. It's, it's not a confirmed stat, but from the Premier League and mixing in with the UEFA data, okay, it's over 94% of decisions are getting overturned when the referee goes to the to look at it at the screen right mm. so people have become now accustomed that if the referee does run over to look at it 
he's probably either going to stick it with giving a penalty or he's going to overturn it and give a penalty. Uh, and that's a horrible thing because mm. I don't know whether you guys felt this, but when I saw him run over to that camera, I knew he was going to give a penalty. I didn't think he was going to go over and be super brave and say, no, no, I'm right, I'm right, no, no, it's not. But the only reason why this was made, and I think I'm, I'm just going to say it, yeah, so if people come looking for me at my address, come. This was made for financial reasons. Yeah, There's no way they're going to allow Paris Saint-Germain to be thrown out of the Champions League by lowly uh, Newcastle United in their first year after 20 years. It's just not going to happen. In fact, if there could have been another penalty in the special eight minutes that were that were given, they would have given that too. Yeah, All it would have been is even somebody heading it out of the box, they would have called for a penalty because they said he used his hand behind his back. Something, anything. Like I'm, I'm, look, I'm glad there wasn't a second penalty given. Or just <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain got an extra goal at the end of the game because they're Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, but that's a worrying statistic. That referee uh, refereed the World Cup final, right? Correct? He is mm, one of the yeah. top referees in all of Europe. And somebody other than VAR, and again, conspiracy theory number, number four, was in his ear and said, you've got to give this. Sorry. Somebody, I'd like to hear the recording. There is no way, after all the angles of looking at it, it clearly came off his chest. I mean, mm. clear. It wasn't even, like the Miley one was more of a penalty, <laughs> even though it wasn't. The Miley one looked more yeah. of a penalty. But th that, that, is, that is essentially as corrupt a decision you will ever see live on television apart from Henri's handball against Ireland. That is one of the worst decisions in a, in a football match I've ever seen. The eight minutes came from, oh, well, we've given them a free penalty now. Well, we have to get them to win. Mm, how much do we pay? Oh, it's how much? 10 million a minute, is it? Okay, 80 million, eight minutes. And that's, they just made it up. There was no injuries. There was nobody on, like Nick Pope the other night. There wasn't, you know, he was on the ground for at least five minutes or something. There was nobody injured so I can't even fathom where they got eight minutes I thought it would have been three minutes two minutes maybe but uh, yeah I'm calling it lads that's that's as corrupt as you could possibly get it's there's a lot to digest there mm. I think for me like I've been trying to get my head around this I'm trying like maybe it's that part of me that wants to believe that this shit doesn't happen which is probably quite naive on my part but like the two things in my mind were all this talk about the UEFA rule being different and there was all these articles being snapped around and sent around which apparently are, 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 are not are not accurate but seemingly the, the Premier League and, and UEFA have different rules and that's if that's the case that's the case I haven't seen it fully no, but like, I yeah. still haven't really seen it like categorically clarified but like if, if that was the case you can kind of be okay with it the fact that it's not just m just makes it harder t to make any other decision aside from the referee making a wrong or corrupt decision as Chris said I'm I'm almost more aggrieved by the eight minutes because I think one leads to the other, and yeah. I, I like I've watched that game back. You know, bearing in mind, we 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 have sh I'm I'm allowed to say this word we have shit housed in the past, yes, right? Yeah. As a club, as many yeah. clubs have, <coughs> we didn't we didn't really get to do that because yeah. we didn't have the ball. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you can't get fouled if you don't have the ball. We were. You know, backs <coughs> against the wall. Isaac was up there on his own. Everybody else was in two flat lines, make you know, just just blocking everything. So we didn't get to waste any time. We didn't make any substitutions. So 
I don't know. I, I, I'm st- like, whatever about the penalty decision, you know, yes, it came off his chest and hit his arm. I completely don't think it should be a penalty. I've played football myself for years. But I'm more like, how the hell was there eight minutes? And I, even now, I just still can't get my head around it. Alan, I don't know if you have any take on the eight-minute situation. It, the eight minutes were pulled out of thin air, to put it politely. I, mm. I've i looked back at it since as well, and I did do a bit of a stopwatch thing, and I was like, I think I got the five minutes. And I was like, even then, I was like, if they had said six minutes, I would have said, fair enough. It's a bit on the lenient mm. side, giving them the extra minute, but I just... Eight minutes was pulled yeah. directly out of thin air, and it's it, very, it, very disappointing. Yeah, lads, look, let's just be frank here, and I'm going to say it, so call me on it. It was pulled out of a brown paper bag. <laughs> that's where That's where it was pulled out of. Like, oh, the how many hat society. Eight minutes. Yeah, let's give them eight minutes. If they could have given them 15 minutes, they would have. And what are you going to do? What are you, go- what are you going to do? Nothing. Uh, and, you mm. know, until we're... Uh, uh, until we're owned by a country, lucky we're not. Is <laughs> <laughs> we don't go, we don't go too deep into the politics of it all here. Um, I think the is one th- thing that you know the the one really positive thing to take away was Eddie Howe's post match, yeah. like Classic. not reaction, but like how we handle it. Yes, you know, and obviously you know he's no stranger to the fact that Arteta absolutely blew a casket a couple mm. of weeks ago and it threw all his toys and was still going on about it ten days later. Eddie Howe kind of went, look, yeah, we don't feel this is the right decision. We'll look into it. You know, we'll follow the right procedures. You know, he's, he, he didn't have a whinge. He, you know, he was more focused on the performance and the pro- you know how proud he was of his team and all that. It just kind of shows you, like, I mean, it's he, he doesn't always give a lot away. He's not always the most, like, you know, he, he, he plays his cards quite close to his chest. Mm. He, yeah. He's good at kind of, like, you know, poker face. But it, there's just that element of class. And you look at it and you go, I'm really glad this guy's our manager. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that just makes a huge difference. So look, um, we, we've touched on this already. We would have taken a draw. We got a draw. Mm. The draw means a lot. And Alan, I'm going to come to you for this because, you know, we, we could have walked away from that game out of the Champions League. Potentially could have walked out of that game completely out of Europe. As it stands, both are very much on the table and the Champions mm-hmm. League qualification is still alive. I know you've been... Um, Doing the kind of Alan from the Hangover equations yeah. flying around your face, got thinking the about the permutations. <laughs> yes. So Fair. can you tell uh, tell us and and of course our listeners, um, like what are we looking at for game week six here? Obviously, we know we've got Milan coming to town. But from there, basically the easiest way to explain it is beat Milan and hope that Dortmund beat PSG. We finish second. <coughs> if we beat Milan and Dortmund draw with PSG, we still come second in the group. The main factor is we have to beat PSG's result in Dortmund to guarantee we stay in the Champions League. Now, if PSG beat Dortmund, as long as we don't lose, we still have European football as we'll drop into the Europa League. And as a side note of that, the Europa League final's in Dublin this year, so that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world in my mind, if you know what I mean. But I still want to be in the Champions League. Yes. Mm. So, I obviously want to stay oh, in the Champions right. League, but mm. the final being in Dublin is so tempting. Newcastle-Liverpool final. Finally get revenge for that. <laughs> that okay, Alan, Alan, here's, a, here's a question. <laughs> yeah, here's a question for you, Alan. Right? Here's a question for you. Uh, Europa League final against whoever in Dublin or we get, you know, out of the group and into the semi-final, quarter-final for semi-final of the Champions League. Like a continued run. Oh, 
Oh, it's a, it is a tough one. But I think getting to a European Cup final would put us into another echelon of where we already are. Look, we're already a big, big club, but massive clubs get to European Cup finals. And that's what I want to be. I want to be a massive club. See, so the Europa right, League final. Eddie Howe is, is, is a class act and R. Al is a class act. Yeah, I put him on the spot there and he gave me a real classy answer. Class act, Al. <laughs> Love it. Thanks. That's how Alan rolls. But it's a good, I think it's a fair point. Look, I mean, the, the one other thing that went to my mind there is, you know, if we go to a, if we go to a Europa League final and we win, that's the Champions League, Champions League spot again. obtained yes. there, regardless yeah, of the yeah. Premier League. So there's a lot to think about, as well yeah. as the Dublin thing, which I had not considered at yes. all. Um, <laughs> So it does, it does put a little uh, another spin on things. But I think bottom line, Alan, you've said it. We need to go and beat Milan. I think that yes. we all reckon we can do it. Um, we're going to be previewing the Milan game in next week's pod, so we probably don't need to go into too much detail on that just yet. Yeah. Um, <coughs> but we know what we need to do. We need to beat Milan. be nice if Dortmund could, could, could do us a favour. They owe us after, after giving us two good Absolutely. beats in fairness. And uh, the other thing to call out probably is people might think, oh, Dortmund are already through, so they might have one foot, you know, whatever. They're playing for top of the group. Like if PSG beat Dortmund, I think Dortmund will finish second. And yes. when you look at the potential opponents, it actually does make a big difference yeah. if you do finish second versus first and so on. So And the other thing yeah, that is Dortmund have only lost once in their last 23 home games. So I'm praying that that's a good omen, that they're not going to lose again. Well, fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a little par- a little teeny tiny percentage of us will be Dortmund fans o- yes. while, while they're playing over uh, in... Uh, in what used to be called the Westfalen Stadium, but uh, is now called Signal, Signal Iduna. Iduna. Yep. Signal Iduna. We know our stuff here on oh the Irish Mags show. <laughs> right. I didn't know that. Sorry, I didn't know. That. <laughs> Some Every of us. Is a school day yeah. show. I'm glad it wasn't in the quiz. I'm glad it wasn't in the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it might yet. <laughs> Moving on, then. Um, we do obviously have to talk about then a more recent game. And Alan, you've called them Manchester Red. I, for some reason, it's very satisfying to call them Manchester Red. Man I don't know why. Right. Mm. Um, but as we, yeah, that's what it is, uh, and that's another euro in the jar for you, Chris. Show, <laughs> as we know, we welcomed Manchester Red to St James's Park. The poor, misfortune at Manchester Red souls that had the misfortune of taking a three-hour bus journey because <laughs> the flight got cancelled. So tough for them. They played on Wednesday. We played on Tuesday. Big wow, yeah. especially when they've been doing that for 25, 30 years. Uh, um, Alan, I'm going to come to you first. Like, We started the game with the same 11 uh, again. A little bit of Groundhog Day oh. happening there. Um, Scoreline aside, we were never not in control of that game, I think it's fair to say. like, but A question that's going around, and, and I, I'm still putting it together. Were we excellent, or were they just shite? It's both. At the end of the day, we were amazing. First whistle, final whistle. We did not stop. Man United were septic. (laughs) It was depressing watching them. I actually brought one of my mates into the Camden, a Man Red fan, and he sat beside me for the whole game, and at halftime he turned around to me and he said, how is that 4-0 up? He's -hmm. like, "This, he's you, you are battering us. He's like, Newcastle are everything that we want to be, we're not getting near you he's like we can't lay a glove on you we were amazing first half especially we, we realistically should have been two or three up a half time minimum it was just a matter of getting that goal I thought the floodgates were going to open a little bit but don't get me wrong we just 
to be fair to someone who gets an awful lot of abuse, Harry Maguire was brilliant. Him and Shaw together at the back were brilliant. They kept Isaac not quiet, but they, the, especially the block from Maguire in the first half from mm. Isaac shot was that was just great. That was a goal all day. But yeah. come here, we batted them. First whistle. They had five minutes at the end where the same 11 players have been on the pitch for the last three games okay we took Gordon off in the 97th minute or something like that and Pope done his shoulder but I don't think Pope's going to be making 70 yard sprints like we were dead on our feet 88th minute they decided oh we can get something out of this we just weren't getting anything out of it lads we had just where we wanted just, and that was the end of it we were amazing it was great yeah I think um, there's a lot to be said for game management you know this wasn't a, a game where I know, like, there's a lot of like we should have been four nil, five nil, but I, I, it wasn't like we were like doing everything we can to go and beat them four nil or five nil. We were in control, right? Our midfield comfortably in control. The wing backs caused absolute havoc. Yes, we should have scored more, but there was also parts of the game where I felt we were happy to just keep the ball. Like, if they're not going to work harder to get it back, we'll hang on to it because, yeah. like, I, I saw moments where my initial reaction sometimes it's that good instinct of like, why is Nanty Gordon? kind of tracking back mm. um, it might have been like when Anthony came out or something and then I'm like these these guys are taking those moments in between two a minute two minutes here and there to just catch the breath yeah. you know uh, manage their own fitness knowing that there's a good chance I need to play 95 minutes tonight <laughs> so I think that there's an element of yeah we, we were completely in control of the game but I do think there was moments where we were like especially when the goal went in obviously we were happy to recharge whenever we got that opportunity yeah at an individual level whenever the ball was on the other side of the field and, and vice versa which is really impressive because these guys yeah. know and Eddie knows you know their limits physically uh, and mentally as well yeah absolutely um, Chris Show, I'm going to talk I'll come and talk to you um, oh thanks Paul I'd love to hear I suppose who stood out for you individually from a Newcastle perspective but then I'm going to start to pick your brain about th- there's a couple of players I want to talk about on the Man United side of things Alan just said it there he was there with one of his mates who's a Man United fan who was Sounds like he was jealous watching us. Yeah. And like, if I was a Man United fan watching Marcus Rashford, like that, I I would be feeling very different about him <coughs> and about Man United and about the coach and everything coming out of that game way more so than coming into it. So, let's start by um, I suppose Christian, who who stood out for you individually in that game for for Newcastle? Jellied, uh, uh, for mm. me uh, was star man, uh, and just based off your question, Paul. Uh, and you know, like Chelsea got shown up for the group of disjointed mega stars that they are, Man United or Man Red, as it were, got shown, got shown to the disjointed squad of footballers. Let's call them because they didn't really perform or play football the other night. They were blown off the pitch, like Alan said, by character, strength, teamwork, uh, everything that you want a football team to be. We are, and that's the most proud mm-hmm. thing, proudest thing that we can have about our football club. We do now have a football club and a very, very good football team that's getting lauded every week across Europe for the way that we stick together. The guy, if you look at Garnacho versus Almira, if you look at Rashford versus Gordon, if you look at that young lad, the guy, um, what's his name, Manu? Mainu. Mainu versus Mm. Miley, right? (coughs) Right. Let's start with the two wides. They couldn't care less from probably about 10 minutes in, it's like as if they didn't like what they've been told to do. And they were like, well, I'm not doing that. I don't care where we are or what this game is. I'm not doing that. 
<coughs> and it was so evident they never tracked back. They left gaps all over the place. Whereas Gordon and Almiron would run from, you know, our goal line to their goal line back and over and over without even being told because they're playing for the badge. And with Miley, that's so evident as well. With Miley, Miley gets the space to be so composed and controlled. I love the way he uses his right and left foot. You know, he, he doesn't actually turn on either side. He's just like Gerard, like I said a couple or last week. He's so natural in terms of a passer and a link-up midfielder. But Joe Linton and Bruno give him that space. This my new guy, he had headless chickens around him. I felt sorry for the young man. He was totally lost in midfield. He was totally overawed. Uh, Joe Linton took on Man United's three midfielders and battered them, uh, allowing Bruno and Miley just to swan about the place. Um, I honestly like like everyone saying oh it should have been five nil or um that was a one nil demolition essentially uh, and I and I'm gonna be I'm gonna say it like uh, I've never been yeah I haven't been more proud in a long time uh, like and I mean I'm very proud every week because we we're, we're so exceptional but mm. this was the real top because you know I really love when we play Man Red and we beat them uh, I thoroughly enjoy it more than pretty much every other team. And that made my weekend. That was because just at the level of performance, the mind about the score so much, but the level of performance and how we controlled it from minute one to minute end, it was just masterful coaching, masterful. And the f- yeah, I'm so proud of them. And it's always been a fixture that ha- that's carried a hell of a lot of meaning. Yeah, regardless of where the clubs were in the table, do you know what I mean? And, and regardless of where we were in our in our journey uh, as a club. <laughs> And uh, I guess it's just going back to history, and particularly going back to the nineties, where there was some, you know, some obviously uh, big results for us and big results for them. Yeah, you know, so it definitely carries a hell of a lot. I love it when we beat them. Um, love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Then I mean, Alan, I want uh, I'm going to come to you and talk. Uh, I'm going to tie this into a little bit of Gareth Southgate mindset uh, yeah. and England. Even though we're the Irish mags, you know, we do we do have a, we do have a opinions and a part to play here. Mm-hmm. And there's two things for me. One, one is the obvious one, right? And it's Anthony Gordon for England. And the fact that Anthony Gordon, to this day, still hasn't been capped for England or even called up, uh, as far as I know. How could Gareth Southgate even? I mean, if he's watching that game, and it's I know it's one game, but like uh, big picture stuff, and you're, you've got a Euros coming in, you know, a few months. Mm. How could he dream of putting Rashford in ahead of Anthony Gordon, based on what you're looking at? If he's looking, you can't. But as an Irishman, all I can say is I want Gareth Southgate to get a 50-year contract to stay on with England forever because they will never win anything with that man at the helm. No. He plays like bonkers football. Like he's bringing seven left-backs and playing three right-backs instead of using any of his left-backs and stuff like that. You can't honestly look at Marcus Rashford this season and say, he's playing better than Anthony Gordon. He like he down tools. I, yeah. I genuinely mm. don't think I can remember him making a decent attempt at a sprint that's at James's Park. So Anthony Gordon had had him in his pocket essentially for the whole game. So the way I look at it is I want Selke to not pick Gordon because no one air look. He'll get his first call up, he'll pull his hamstring on his first sprint and he'll be out for six months. And that's exactly what will happen to us. So stay far away from him, Garrett. We want our, our Flash Gordon to be safe and healthy. Yes, yes. I, and I think it's fair and, and it probably, I mean... Look, Livermento is only just back from an incredibly long injury. But again, now uh, this is all very rec- probably elements of recency bias, and and you know we're looking at a 
couple of weeks of a sample set and we'll know a lot more in a few months but like looking at Livermento there over the last two or three games and let's imagine he's what 85% 90% where where he could be in terms of his physical mm. like fitness um, and match fitness match experience yeah. if I was the England manager there I don't know Chris show about you but like I'd be going oh I've got some I've got an option here Con- compared to what what France have in the likes of Hakimi or mm. You know, um, even like Teo Hernandez, like it's that's the dream uh, to see a player like that. They, they have to do something about this, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but can he not play for three national teams? He can play for Italy, Portugal, right, or England, I think. Yeah, so no, somebody is going to. I do don't this. believe. I don't believe, even though his name sounds Italian, I actually think it's England, Portugal, and I believe it's Scotland. But I could be wrong. I, cu- I thought I heard something. Oh, really? Italy. Mm. Mm. I have a feeling, yeah, that it's definitely England. It's definitely Portugal. Oh, no, I think go- Alan Gordon is Scotland. Alan Gordon is Scotland and England. Or Gordon is Scotland, England, isn't he? As well. Yeah. Yeah, and so is Harvey Barnes, and so is Elliot Anderson. Mm. So the, the the Scotland scouts don't have far to go I if mean, they're looking to does, to does tap no, up. Does nobody does nobody have Irish grandparents anymore? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what like I was trying to do. Need to try to find some Irish grandparents and. Yeah, yeah, somewhere along the line, like some w- way down back. But um, Jack, <laughs> Jack Charlton would be raging now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different trip down memory lane. Um, cool. Look, unfortunately, the game was slightly, slightly mired. I get like I feel like we're having these lovely games, and then just this this, this cloud, um, and it, it's a pretty dark cloud, really. Um, and I'm talking about Nick Pope. So Nick Pope has basically dived for a ball that that didn't get through because I think it was Cher that made an incredible yeah. block. Yeah. And I think ne- I think next week, lads, I have a lot to talk about Fabian Cher. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. The latest kind of, the, the earliest whispers, Chris, you were talking about four months, I think, for, for Nick Pope. Four um, five months. Surgery yeah. dependent. Like that's, for, for a player that's basically uh. kept us in it in, in Paris there mm. and the saves he's been making. How Are we just that unlucky? How heartbreaking right. is that? This is going to tie into my bad take, but I won't go there yet. Right, but it, it will tie into my bad mm. take. Right, let's just call a spade a spade here, gents. This uh, it's five months, yeah. Uh, mm. If anyone watched it, and I'm sure our, our listeners did watch it and saw the replay, he very innocuous dive, yeah. He was going mm. to block it, but it wasn't as he was stretching too much. It seemed like his elbow landed and it kind of carried his arm a little bit forward. And you could just see it if you watch it in slow mo, it goes Doop. and you can kind of see it in the back of his jersey. It is gross, so go back and watch it again. Like now that you know what you're looking for, it's like you can actually Don't see it go pop. <laughs> uh, and yeah. like um, this is, uh, I mean, talk about getting sent tests from above. I mean, we've got mm. 14 players, a first team squad out, completely out. Guys that would absolutely be playing for us, no doubts whatsoever. And when I when I saw him putting his, putting his arm up. Uh, I'm just glad Man Red decided to stop playing because I actually thought they were going to continue to play even though he was lying on the mm, ground with his hand to. in the air. Um, but once I saw him put his hand in the air and then I saw his grimace on his face, I was like, no, this is really mm. serious. Now, Alan, I'll let you say it, Alan, but Alan made a very good point when we were discussing this before uh, around Calvin Phillips and Calvin Phillips' shoulder and that Calvin Phillips has had two operations on his shoulder. This will be Nick Pope's second operation on his shoulder and for a goalkeeper that is way more bad news than five months mm. out i can tell you and i hate to say this but i'm not sure that we'll see a lot of nick pope uh, going forward you know it, we might get to see him at the end of this season 
play a couple of games mm. and wave goodbye. I don't think he'll be our goalkeeper next season. I'm just saying it. Sorry, everybody. I know we all love him, but there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's it's just so t- it's so tough to hear because like he's uh, people go on about his kicking and it's all that footwork, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, your goalkeeper is there to stop the ball going in the mm-hmm. net. And yeah. he's consistently done that. I mean, he did it for Burnley in a Burnley team that was, you know, it was Burnley, right? Yeah. No disrespect to Burnley, the of course. Was peppered. And he's done it consistently for us, peppered. Mm. And he, like, clean sheets, big saves. You know, he's a great FPL um, asset to have <laughs> as well. But you just, I just devastated for him. Like, uh, again, I don't want to jump to conclusions. We'll wait and see what happens. Of course, like you know, all the the, the, the advances in in surgeries and so on and so forth but like you said it is a goalkeeper it is a shoulder it is obviously mm. they go hand in hand no pun is intended um can he get a I new just shoulder that we can, can he get a new shoulder <laughs> like you know like the 65 million I mean, man like just like a if that's body. the case uh, Chris Show, I might get one for myself because I did mine about a year and a half ago and I can still feel it and I did not have the medical resources that Nick Cole has <laughs> available so we all wish him uh, obviously a speedy recovery yeah. um, there is already some I don't know if it's early nonsense talk about us potentially being, you know, looking for replacements. Probably, actually, that'll carry us into our into our news segment. Um, and Krisha, we can skip ahead to that because there is already early tweets going around about some David de Gea rumors. Yeah, I mean, is there any substance to this, or guys, is this Twitter guys, doing guys, Twitter? I genuinely believe there is substance to this. Yeah, I really do. But where in wow. Christ's name? Now, Alan, I know you're looking at me like that, but. Mm. Name another goalkeeper that we can go and get in January. Just, just name one that doesn't is three hundred and fifty. That's right. exactly it. He is on three hundred. Well, he was on three hundred and fifty grand a week. He turned down a move to Saudi Arabia on more money because he wants to play for a European elite club and he wants to stay on the same type of wages. David de Gea will be nowhere near St James's Park anytime soon. I love it. I just had to go down the for a second because I was just getting concerned that it might be true. Um, <laughs> no, not to worry. We, we've we got two ha- conflicting views yeah. <laughs> we, we in, have in to, the three of us. Yeah, we have to go back. We have to go back. I'm perfectly happy with using Dubravka. I love him. I like the guy. He's a great goalkeeper. Mm. What's wrong with him stepping in for the rest of the season? Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've got Calvin Phillips coming in with his second shoulder uh, injury on, on top of himself who basically... Can hardly play better than Lewis Miley, and then the other rumours uh, is um, G U I or A S S Y Garassi, Garassi, Garassi. Yeah, the Stuttgart striker. Uh, he's twenty-seven. Mm. Scored a lot of goals. I like him. He's like a Papa Cisse, but a bit faster. Um, I like him a lot. He's like a mixture of Dembélé and Papa Cisse put together. Um, yeah, that's uh, some combination. He's lethal essentially. Uh, but you know, Man Red are in for him. Arsenal are in for him. Uh, we're in for him but I think our if I'm going to be honest with you gents I think our business is probably done I know Eddie Howe says oh we're not even looking at it yet I think our mm. business is already done I think on January 1st 2nd 3rd and 4th we'll have two or three players in over there in the window straight away Alan's, Alan's crossing his fingers yeah. I think um, yeah he's he's. A w- I love the reference actually The, the I suppose the comparisons between uh, Papi Sissé and Dembaba. I mean, if we had either of them, we'd be delighted. Yeah. Wow. There was talks of Papi Sissé actually training at Macclesfield a few weeks mm. ago, but I, uh, it's that ship died off. Yeah. Um, well, the only thing I've heard on Jurassic is sixty-two. Yeah, it might 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 be slim, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting any of my hard-earned cash on it. Um, 
The one thing yeah. I did hear about Jurassic is I don't know if Jurassic or Grassy, but uh, there, I believe he has a 15 or 17 million uh, release clause. Yeah. But that would have to be paid up front. And that's yeah. something that we've watched out for in the past. <coughs> uh, the flip side of that is, and I don't know the ins and outs, but does a new calendar year mean that we have a bit more leeway? I'm not sure. But only the, time will tell us. The other thing about Grassi is he's also off to the AFCON. So if we go and sign him, we lose him for a month of the season as well. So I can't see that one happening either, unfortunately. hate to put a dampener onto that. Papi, see, say it is. <laughs> <laughs> Super right, stuff. Nice. Right, lads. Um, we'll continue. So with the, I suppose, that because that took us up ahead to, to January and... I don't, I mean, there's been so much this week between PSGs <laughs> and penalties and Man Uniteds and goalkeepers and everything that goes on in a standard week as a Newcastle fan. Yeah. Just to top a little cherry, Alan, onto the, onto the icing <laughs> of this cake that is <laughs> laced, laced with uh, ingredients. There was a little FA Cup draw. And <sighs> I think, I didn't actually watch the draw live. But I, I I know that a tie came out that said Arsenal are welcoming Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Arsenal at home. And you're like, oh, that's the, that's the biggest tie of the round. False. Newcastle have drawn Sunderland in the third round of the FA Cup. The first time that we will meet in eight years. And Alan, I'm going to come to you for this because you're the man with all the facts. So, basically, we've all been dreaming of this day. Since we came up and they went down... As, as Dwight Gale said the mags are going up and yous are going down mm. okay so w- let's be honest our record against them recently has been quite atrocious to put it politely we've lost 6 of the last 7 and we've won win and 10 against the old enemy but they were I like how he starts with he starts with the positives Chris yeah. doesn't he he really gets yeah, his yeah. Yeah. I see writing these down <laughs> This was yeah, all yeah. under the stewardship of Mike Ashley and as we all know that man definitely cared about Newcastle and always wanted to see the best of us. He did alright. This is our new owner's first attempt at some bragging rights locally. I can safely say Amanda and Merdad will turn around to Eddie and say look it's not going to affect your job in any way but we really 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 need to beat this. It's a massive massive game and it's it's a weird one to say like you always say oh you want your local rivals to be relegated I hate to admit this I'd love to see Sunderland come back up because it's six points guaranteed every season at this yeah. stage because we will beat mm. them and we haven't had it in so long it's a massive massive game for us and I just cannot wait it's definitely going to be the early game I don't think they're going to give us a 5.30pm kickoff for that because I don't think Northumbria Police will allow that to happen going to no. be the early kickoff so it's looking like January 6th probably the 12.30 kickoff yeah. come here we're all looking forward to it it's going to be amazing oh, wow. that's going to well, be some meet up for the Irish Mags that's oh it certainly up. will that is a hell of a meet up I can tell you now I'm, tra- I'm travelling somewhere for that um, <laughs> don't book anything yet this is just Alan speculating that it's on at 12.30 on the 6th <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and we, we trust what Alan says on this on this show but just don't spend any money on it until everything's confirmed but it does make like my recollection of our recent FA Cup third round exploits have been Sheffield Wednesday in Cambridge over the last yeah. couple of seasons it's not always something we've maybe done well in or mm. potentially prioritised I don't know um, this is different. This is totally different. As as well, you know, as well as the fact that we know Eddie and team want to go out and compete on all fronts, as stretched as we are, to, I mean, to add Sunderland into it. Uh, 
Paul, I, I heard a thing over. I'm sure our listeners heard it too. This is going to be Mitrovic's debut. He's only going to play one <laughs> match for Newcastle. He's only going to play one match for Newcastle. He's going to score a hat trick. He's then oh going to headbutt. God. He's going to headbutt somebody and get sent off, and then we win three 0 Hooray, Mitrovic! Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming. We may as well bring Jack, ba- Jack Kyle back back as well. Like we're already bringing. We've already decided to bring back. Uh, we've already decided to bring back Pat Bissie. Chris Show, hold on to your bad takes for the section that's going to come up. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, you know, as if January isn't going to be interesting and exciting enough, depending on what goes on in Europe, depending on what goes on in the transfer window, injury or injured players that have to return, which is going to feel like new signings when you yeah. when you bring in the likes of Barnes, you know. And even I feel like Callum <coughs> Wilson hasn't been there for ages. It's probably been about four games, but it just feels like a long time. So January is going to be a big month for oh Newcastle yes. United oh and yes. definitely here in the Irish Mags. Oh, yes. Speaking, speaking of the Irish Mags, we're going to move on to the next section, which is our community spotlight. And for, I mean, for me, to be honest, this is one of my favorite sections of the show because we get to talk about the now famous Alan's crack of the week. Mm. Oh, dear. I've said that out loud. <laughs> um, we're going to do my <laughs> highlight of the week in the community and the aforementioned Chris show's bad take of the week. And I feel like he's got a few to choose from. <laughs> so, Alan, I would like to come to you first. Tell us Alan's crack of the week. The crack of the week can only be one thing. So we were very, very heavily outnumbered in the Camden on Saturday night for the 8pm kickoff. As I said, it was 75% Christmas parties, 23% Manchester United fans, and then the five of us sitting there going, oh dear God, we need to win this game. So the first 10-15 minutes, we you could hear we were getting a bit of abuse, but as we were getting on top, as as we were battering them, the easiest way to yeah. explain it, as we were battering them, all you could hear was us cheering at the telly. Then all of a sudden, a couple of Arsenal fans joined in with us and were like, we hate Man Red too, so we're going to join in and we want you to do well. Now, I reminded them of Arteta's meltdown and they soon mm. disappeared. But come here, what are you going to do? I had to do it. <laughs> so my crack of the week is the final whistle. Myself and Dean just screaming at the top of our lungs as the Camden emptied. It was beautiful. Yes. I just, it was just such a sweet moment where I'm going, yes, we have absolutely ruined all of their nights. They're all <laughs> going home to give out, and I'm going to have a couple more points and have a great night. That's my crack of the week. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, for me, it, it reminds me of one of, like, probably my highlight of the last few years of uh, being a Newcastle fan I was at the Spurs game the 6-1 where we're 5-0 up on 21 minutes and I watched fans walk out of that stadium <laughs> 21 minutes into a game and it, it just it reminds me of that Alan I mean fair play to them for hanging on yeah. that long maybe there was some free drink or they were at a function mm. or something <laughs> <laughs> the fact that no they free drink in the candle but obviously <laughs> no free no. drink in the not yet um, but yeah that's quality and fair play to, the, to those that turned up and 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 got to do the Jacob Murphy wave the wave they all walked yes. out the door yeah. love to hear that super um, we'll jump onto my highlight of the week in the Irish Mags community and I need to shout out Cahill again uh, so Cahill is, is our man behind the scenes um, and I mentioned it already you know because because us three on this on this shore of a, of a certain age um, TikTok is a bit of a mystery to us mm. Uh, well I, I'm speaking for myself mainly but um, 
I had to say some of Kyle's um, TikToks that he put out there already uh, have been Crap. cracking. He's uh, obviously put out an intro one for us with some interesting slash questionable <laughs> avatars yeah. representing the three of us. Yeah. Um, we did actually see we did see some of the ones that didn't make it. So maybe in hindsight, <laughs> it's actually not that bad. Yeah. Um, but his most, uh, I think his most recent TikTok that he put out was he, uh, probably taking the piss of himself because he was getting called out for being a, a secret Chelsea fan. Mm. And uh, he's owned it, he's owned it, and he's I gone out and, uh, yes. uh, and, and said it out loud. So um, if you're not sure what I'm referring to, and if you're on the TikTok, get on and look up uh, at Irish Mags and UFC and you'll know what I'm talking about. And top work by Cahill, of course. Yes, now, the moment <coughs> we've all been waiting for for oh. episode two and this week, Krisho, I need yeah. to hear and Alan needs to hear and our listeners need to hear your bad take of the week. Yeah, this is this this is an interesting one, it isn't as Yeah, look let's just I'm just gonna go with it, okay? Uh, the, okay. Okay, we got fourteen injuries. The fourteen injuries have been caused by Eddie Hale and his training plan and the way he trains the players on a daily basis. He is overcoaching them. He's putting them under too much pressure. Uh, they're not getting enough downtime and rest time. It's nothing to do with the games, three games a week. Uh, the bad take of the week is uh, Eddie Howe and his coaching staff are responsible for the 14 injuries. Uh, okay, now take it in, take a okay. breath there, right? Breathe in there for a second, okay? Let's just, yeah, let's right. just digest that. So what we're hearing is overcoaching has led to the injuries. Basically. And that, yes, and the fact that we—it's not Madrid. <coughs> they don't eat salad, and they don't have lovely sunny evenings off to stroll, you know, uh, around a beautiful city. They're in a, a damp, uh, kind of cloudy, let's say Mordorish uh, area of North England, uh, where it's kind <laughs> of like you know, uh, it's a bit dark. It's it's a bit down. I know they train indoors as well, but look at all jokes aside, mm. Eddie Howe. The, the profile they're looking for why they went for Anthony Gordon and paid 45 million is because he is athletic yes he's young he's fast he's very coachable right he can turn in left and right come in from left or right or he can play down the middle perfect tick 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 now some of the players that Eddie Howe inherited he's kind of with diet with working with the coaching staff uh, they're looking a lot way fitter you saw Elliot Anderson one time he took off his top or uh, what you call it um who else? Uh, Murphy. These guys have all got... They're all ripped. Every one of them. They're mm. all like tanks. Look at Jolinton. God. But mm. essentially, the bad take here is this is like Derek Wright numbers, you know? And I think all our listeners will know what I mean. This is 14 injuries. Yeah. Now, some of them have been freak. But what I'm suggesting here, right? And, and really listen right carefully, right? Everybody. Dan Byrne missed a header. And he just fell on his arse. But yet, he's out for an indeterminate period of time. Botman has a knee injury, in inverted commas, but nobody knows exactly what's going on with it or how... It could have been so much more worse than the great surprise I think we're going to get next week that he's back. It could have been like 9 to 12 months out. Uh, uh, Murphy's did his shoulder. Uh, Pope's done his shoulder. Uh, the lads, uh, Willock, a reoccurrence of his Achilles... Like so Harvey Burns broke his toe somehow? Underneath his toe or something? He broke the yeah. knuckle connecting his toes to his foot, basically, trying to run. Oh, I didn't even know I, I, mean, I mean, come on. Like, okay, look, mm. right. 
the bad take here, like I said, and I'll reiterate it for the third time, is that I feel, and certain people in our Newcastle supporting community feel, that these players are not the athletes required to take Newcastle forward. There's at least eight or nine of them that we need to replace in the next two years for much younger, much more athletic, much more coachable players. Uh, and, uh, and, and we won't have as many injuries because they will just be genetically uh, and physically better prepared for what Eddie Howe requires from them. And that's my bad thing. Don't take. ask for much. You know, uh, <laughs> that's not asking for too much at all. Yeah. Just some genetically enhanced, you know, uh, <laughs> impenetrable, <laughs> uninjurable <laughs> players. Hey, yeah, hey, guys! I've just, you know, I'm just giving my bad take, guys. Uh, but yeah, it's totally correct. No, look, I mean, devil's advocate, you might say, we're a high-intensity team. Hmm. You know, we we play on the edge. He, we ask a lot. Eddie asks a lot from the team, yeah, right? He does. And and you know. If you're like, there's a lot of talk about a lot more hamstring injuries happening in the Premier League in general, right? And we've probably not done too badly on the grand scheme of things, um, particularly since Maxi left because he used to love doing his hamstring. In. But um, the one thing that I think is important to remember, on top of everything, regardless of injuries or and even when it comes to performances, like it's not just the fact that we've th- we've had three games a week. We, you know, this is different to a Champions League group that might have had, and no disrespect, Red Star Belgrade. Or, I mean, I was going to say Copenhagen, but they're even beating Man United. Um, but, like, huh. if we had slightly lower level of team or lower mm-hmm. level intensity in those games, you might say something. But we're going out and we're playing PSG, Milan, Dortmund, and then we're going off into the Carabao Cup. And we're playing what, City. City, United, and then Chelsea coming up. Mm. Like, the physical toil of, of these big, big games, on, and then add to that the mental toil of, like, the continuous kind of we go again nature mm. of it right mm. on top of you know the, the emotional trauma of <laughs> penalty decisions and, and inju- like there's so much there and, and you know we could go out now and we're going to talk about Everton and Tottenham shortly we're going to spend just a minute or two on those two games because we do feel like we already know the likely 11s <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, c- we could go out and lose both those games like genuinely like mm. Everton's a hard place to go there's an awful lot going on in that club Tottenham you know, they're obviously just come out of a really good uh, draw with Manchester City. So, like, people need to be okay with that. We've 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 outdone ourselves again. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we're, we're still stretched as it is. And, uh, you know, I think rather than jumping conclusions of, like, oh, it's the coaching and it's, it's out, you know, there's a lot going on here. And, mm. you know, we talked about January. Let's all get to January. That That's yeah. the way I feel about it. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Super stuff. Thank you for that, Chris Show and Alan, uh, for crack of the week and bad take of the week. There'll be more on those next week. <laughs> right, we're into the into the latter stages now of the pod. Um, we'll do a quick. I think we'll do a quick preview on. We've t- actually two games. We'll sh- two games will be played and completed by the time we get together to record again, lads. So, yes. Alan, I'm going to come to you to talk about Everton. We, as I mentioned, we have Everton away in Goodison Park. Yes. Who have a lot going on. I think we all, you know, unless we're, we're picking up that there's any players due to come back, I think we have an idea of, of, of the lineup. So where I'd come to you is, how do you think we'll get on against Everton? Um, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a prediction off you so I can hold it against you. Yeah, um, basically, I do think we might see Louis Hall come in and take over from Trippier, who will get a rest. Because 33, 34 years old, Trippier may not have the legs that we all wish he had, but... 
the only change I can really bar Dubravka obviously coming in for Pope because mm. obvious reasons but yeah they're the only changes that are going to happen the prediction my prediction is going to be a draw I'm going to go with a one-all listen in their last six games Everton have four wins a draw and a loss and the loss was 3-0 to Man United and that was the most ridiculous 3-0 loss I'd ever seen in my whole life they actually battered United and just couldn't score mm. so I'm gonna say listen we get a point get out of there Goodison is an awful place to go to it's, they they do have very very good fans when they're behind the team they seem to be behind Deich on the team at the minute so it will be a tough place to go to so only thing I can say is no don't get me wrong we've gone there before and pulled results out of the sky could well do it again but heart over, hand over heart I'm going to go with a one all draw it's kind of a game for centre backs one of my memories is that game where Lascelles didn't Lascelles score an own goal yeah and a and goal and hit off his chest <laughs> and, and then he went up and he scored because it hit off the same guys yeah mm. and the other one was um, was it Le Florian Lejeune that got those two yes. late goals yeah, yeah. Yes. two boysies so keep yeah. an eye on it. look if you're going to now again you do what you want with your money, listeners, but if you wanted to put on a sneaky bet, maybe back in a centre half to score wouldn't be a bad <laughs> yeah. option. Um, Chris Yeah. Also away from home, this time to London. Yikes. On Sunday, we go and play Tottenham. Again, not going to be much between Thursday and Sunday, I would suspect, with lineups. Maybe there's rotation from one game to the next, but I suppose to give us your, your take on how do you think would fare up against Tottenham, what you expect to see, and of course prediction so that Alan can hold that against you when this one goes wrong <laughs> I, I, I expect to see Botman back uh, at five at the back or Dummett in there five at the back five uh, five four one uh, with, and Wilson's out for a while isn't he so Isaac playing through the middle so five four one mm. now I know I know everyone listens going to go what now and you think why would we do that <clears throat> just soak it all up soak up the stadium soak up the atmosphere soak up the early pressure catch them on the hop yeah We'll switch it to a 4-3-3 as it comes into the second half. And I'm calling it, we will beat Tottenham Hotspur 3-1. 3-1, wow. Big mm, calls, yeah. big calls. And again, you know, you, I mean, you mentioned in the bad take show, Tottenham are also ravaged with injuries, right? Mm. Yeah, and yeah, they, they, they don't have, they haven't had some of the games we were playing, so. Um, good, interesting to, to, Yeah, Tottenham, Tottenham seem to fall over a lot of, the, I know they've been doing well lately, but at home, just mm. certain games uh, and I think they've always underestimated us for a long time uh, and, and I really time believe like, I really believe that we're going to catch them on the hop uh, next Sunday fingers crossed that um, we can mm. get through Thursday relatively unscathed because That's obviously be we're, ask, we're asking a lot to get a prediction you know yeah. when there's a game to play in between that um, <laughs> excellent great well look if anybody is travelling obviously they are both away games so there'll be no crack to be had from the Irish mags over in Newcastle um, other than that though Alan uh, and that'll take us up to our upcoming kind of events and announcements section Alan tell our listeners about any meetups especially with those two away games we may have an increased crowd turning up for the meetups mm -hmm. we may do um, obviously Thursday in the bleaker the usual um, I will be there from say 7 o'clock depending on how early I can escape from work do me be best awesome. you know yourself uh, Sunday is a half four kickoff. I'm fairly sure mm -hmm. so that again we will be meeting up from half three word onwards really um, so come here if you're anyway around Dublin get yourself into the bleaker I'm not too sure but there may be some whispers of another meetup in other parts of the countries 
so keep an eye on our socials and you will definitely know about that talking about the northern ireland mags and maybe even the connacht mags having a bit of a meet up for the sunday game so yeah fingers crossed Whis- as they whispers say. of there's whispers of cork i believe as well so yeah, yeah keep an eye out on the socials and of course the whatsapp groups um and alan one final thing there is all the rumors of a christmas meetup i don't think anything's been officially finalized but can you confirm these rumors are true there is rumors of us trying to organize it actually organizing it and trying to organize it are two very different things for people's availability at the minute so we cannot guarantee anything at the minute but if you were to keep probably the chelsea carabao cup game i think that's a wednesday night or maybe even the game before that who i cannot remember who we're playing at the minute that weekend free that'd be a good idea if you wanted to come to the christmas parties but can't guarantee anything. once again don't don't base all your life plans <laughs> yeah. around alan's speculation as we've learned <laughs> but more to follow and come very soon and uh, the last piece of news chris is yeah. relating to our engagement can you give us a quick update on what our listeners and members should expect to see there yeah uh, just like i talked about uh, last week uh, the gofundme uh, has had uh, more donations uh, based off you know uh, yes discussing it so we are yeah we are yeah we're 35 quid away from our limit uh, on the GoFundMe which will allow us to buy many many flags uh, and, and do well Love not it. many many flags but at least <laughs> 11 maybe 10 and, and uh, or, or 8 uh, that means that we can give out more we can set up the, the, the mm. room in, in the bleakers uh, because uh, also I think uh, at the Christmas party and again this is not confirmed but I think we're going to I'm going to speak to Alan about getting some black and white paint and doing up above in the <laughs> in the in doing the room up so that we could really just own it. This is our place. This is our manor, as they say. Um, but uh, yeah, that's essentially what's happened in engagement. I don't know whether, uh, like I said, had we shown up at the, our merch merch store, but Alan, I think you said that the merch store will be kind of closed for the time being, but will reopen will reopen after christmas and um, look the christmas order went in in and around the end of november it's very very hard for us to have a constant store open so what happens mm. is he'll open for block orders when he hits a certain amount of orders he'll throw the order in for us but as you can see the gear is top top quality and it's very very warm which i absolutely love um yeah. so yeah it will be reopening in january i can't give you a date yet but i can say it will reopen for orders and there may even be some new items being added which i will definitely have to try model again as i always do alan you are just because i think people were asking about it about our gear and stuff you are i think i'm waiting for mine too but yeah this this top here there's going to be a silhouette of of the time bridge in kind of you know sunrise orange and, and yellow it's it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen everybody yes so we'll be rocking those uh, fairly soon but you can you can look to get them when it opens back up in january as well um, absolutely but uh, yeah superb and back sh- to you paul shout out to i know i know um, jamie does a lot of work in that space as well jamie so does he looks yeah, after a lot yeah Super. And the final piece of news to share with you guys, uh, again, looking forward to January. There will be another engagement survey coming up uh, on behalf of the Irish Mags, where we'll be looking for your thoughts, opinions and feedback on all things Irish Mags related. So do uh, keep an eye out. But again, as we said, not till January, but there'll be more information to follow. Yeah. Right, chaps. Chris, are you still with us or is the limp sip starting to come out your ears? <laughs> it's come, it, it is starting to come out my ears slightly, but it's been held in by this headset. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing two screens 
kind of shake in front of me, but that might be the Guinness I had at the weekend. I'm not sure. There's a, a mixed concoction of things. Yeah, well, I think, I think so. we did promise the listeners that we would do a little quiz um, before signing off today. And I, I'm going to make time for it. We've gone a little bit over, but you know what? I'm going to make time for it. Because at the top of the podcast, I said that we were going to talk about what we want for Christmas. But I'm going to change it to what I want for Christmas, and it's to see you two fighting <laughs> against each other to win the first ever weekly quiz, which we have entitled The Irish Magster Mind Challenge. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Love it, lads. <laughs> so, Chris, you already has his thinking hat on, Alan. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do the same. <laughs> and, lads, seeing as this is the Irish Mags, yeah. the theme of our quiz is Irish Mags. So, what I'm going to be doing is I have a list in front of me of Irish players who have played for Newcastle in the Premier League era. I'm going to alternate bef- between the two of you to give me a selection up until the point where if you can't get one, I'll probably give you about 10, 15 mm. seconds. Then it goes on offer, at which point it will be open to the floor. So this is now basically Premier League era, which would be 1992, 93 onwards. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to go back too far. And the list in front of me that I have here has 12 names on it. Is this Irish and Northern Irish or just These Irish? are Republic of Ireland. Republic Irish. of Ireland, okay. <laughs> Republic to, of Ireland, yes. Had to get that just to confirmed. Be fair. That's a fair point, yes. <laughs> just so you can Republic have it Google Ireland. now. I've seen your fingers. <laughs> so eyes on me. We're going to start straight away. And because he's not feeling the best this week, we're going to go and I'm going to go to Chrisho first. Chrisho, can you give me a selection, please? Stephen Carr. Stephen Carr is correct. 107 appearances for Newcastle. Gets you a point. Alan. Shea Given. Shea Given is in... No, it's correct. <laughs> 463 appearances for the club. Chrisho. Uh, Norwich red card, Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark, the man who apparently is responsible for Joel Linton's emergence as a centre midfielder due to that red card he picked up one day. Correct. 129 appearances for Newcastle. Gets you a point. Alan. Damien Duff. Damien Duff. 86 appearances for Newcastle. Really? Gets you a point. Yeah, quite a few. Six goals. Crisho. It's a bad yeah. sign if his eyes are closed already, isn't no, it, Alan? Remember, remember, guys. I mean, honestly, my head is swimming. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say John Anderson, but it was a lot longer ago. No, we're sticking with the Premier League era, so it would be the 1992-93 season onwards. We need the music, Alan. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, my brain is completely blank. I'm sorry. That's right. Very we'll put you on hold for the moment while you continue to think because we're gonna. it goes on offer to Alan. Alan, do you have another Andy O'Brien. one to offer? Andy O'Brien, centre half, is correct. 169 games for the club. Gets you a point. Joined from Bradford in 2001. Chris, are you alright there? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) desperately thinking. Hang on. That thinking hat isn't going as well as you thought it would be, would it, Alan? Alan is. I can tell you now, folks, if you're not watching this on YouTube, now would be a good time to jump over. (laughs) Alan has the biggest smile on his face. And he's not done yet. <laughs> no. Uh, Chrisho, anything? No, I don't. I don't Alan. Leon Best. 
Leon Best. 46 appearances between 2010 and 2012. Scored 10 goals. Makes it 4-2 to Alan. Will I make it 5 really easily? Yeah, go ahead. Do you know what? It's open to the floor now. Unless Chrisho shouts his name to stop you. Have at it. Stephen Ireland. Stephen Ireland is correct between 2000 well it was in the year 2011 from January to May uh, on loan from Aston Villa I believe these are, these are all the bad times oh yeah come here I, I followed the club during the bad times I wasn't a Man United fan <laughs> like you <laughs> <laughs> he's had you there Chris I, I, I'm sick I'm sick and you guys are just beating me down uh, I don't have anybody else yeah I, I honestly Rob I, Elliott Rob Elliott is correct. 68 appearances for Newcastle between 2011 and 2020. Yeah, the listeners are shouting at their various car radios and phones and the like. I'm Just now drawing a bit of a blank. How many have we gotten so far? Eight. So, so eight far you've got one, two, three, four, five. You've had seven, so there are five more on the list. What I would say to you is... Sorry, I'm wrong. You have got eight. I hadn't marked Andy O'Brien. You have four <coughs> remaining on this list two of them I would definitely expect you to get in terms of the recency uh, you'd be raging you didn't get one I'm so I'm going to I'm going to start throwing you some clues I'm going to say I'm going to say right my limbs go on Chris oh. right. Jeff bloody Hendrick yeah Jeff shocking he- lads Jeff Hendrick yeah. the most recent Irish player uh, Irish Perlo uh, Irish Perlo from 2020 to 2022 27 appearances gets Chris Show back on the board and it's 6-3 in favour of Alan I'm going to give you a clue for the next one there's one more there's one more Tev mentioned them last week Daryl Murphy he did he didn't Daryl Murphy did he I can tell you Daryl Murphy from 2016 2016-17 season made 18 appearances so I have him on my list. To be honest, I'm going to give it to you. Like when That's I said cheap. Premier League gear, it's <laughs> from it's from that 92 93 onwards. It's enough, more than enough. And and Alan, I mean, he needs the help, all the help you can give. Yeah. <laughs> there's two else. I've got, got six now? four, six four on the board, and there's two more which I'm not going to lie, a little I, bit tricky. I would say. I know one of them is a. Li- I think he was a tricky little winger and might have played one or two games for us. A blondie young flick called Alan O'Brien. I can tell you, Alan O'Brien made 12 appearances 12. for Newcastle <laughs> between 2004 and 2007 before joining Hibernian. <laughs> Gets you a point, it. Alan? Yeah. Now I'm struggling. One more. <laughs> so the one that remains on my list here is, I mean, I don't, uh, he's probably the oldest in his, in his age, and it's the one that dates back the furthest on the list. Oh, 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 oh. Is it? Is it, is it David Kelly? He had to be the I can tell you, it's not David Kelly. David Kelly Kelly actually left before we come up to that Premier League. So we are going to go one more. I'm going to throw you a clue, lads. We are pushed for time. You may know this guy from his managerial duties in the Ireland setup, but not the first team. In the Republic of Ireland international setup, I believe it's twenty ones. If it's not twenty ones, it might be nineteens. Jim Crawford. 
Jim Crawford, Alan, is correct. Made three appearances what? for Newcastle United I between 1995 and 1998. I never knew he played for us. That's mad. He certainly did. And I believe back then he was called James. <laughs> that's some trivia for you. Wow. No, that. so that's, my, uh, that's my championship, championship manager, football manager head. So for this <laughs> week's Irish Magster Mind, it is Alan out in front on eight, ahead of Chris on four. Well done, Alan. Well done, Alan. Well done, Alan. Well done. Thank you very much, guys. We'll Thank you. A, we'll, we'll put a little one beside your name. Every week, so <laughs> just switch it back Just one for this week. And of course, we'll return next week for another round of the Irish Magster Mind. Right, chaps. Right. I think that is a good time for us to wrap up the episode and that will bring episode two of the Irish Mags show to a close. You can find the links for all the Irish Mag socials in the description below wherever you are listening or watching along with links to the flag fund. Um, we will update our links with links to the merch store when the time is right. Um, you'll also find our contact details there for anybody who might be interested in partnering with us as an official sponsor of the Irish Mags show now that we're officially up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you to everyone who has watched or listened today and, of course, last week. We will have a new episode released every single Wednesday, both in audio and video form. So for now, another big week ahead for the Irish Mags, for Newcastle United. All we can say then is, how the lads? Slán go fall, and see you all very soon. Say goodbye, lads. How the lads? See you next week, lads. Goodbye, lads. Uh, Slán, lad. Good luck. See you later. Slán and Slán, lad. goodbye and good luck. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>